Hello and welcome to the reaction. Today we are reacting to Celtic, their dominant display at Tynecastle as we knocked Hearts out of the Scottish Cup as we storm towards the semi-final and hopefully the final and hopefully another treble. Uh, Ange Postacoglu and the team doing tremendous work uh, in a place that we don't often struggle at but a place that we have a lot of kind of thoughts in regards uh, pressure and all that sort of stuff but we'll talk through it all um, we have a fantastic panel I'm Christopher Gallagher uh, joining me is Lorenzo Pacitti hello Lorenzo how are you? Good afternoon Chris make mine a treble baby love it yes we're also joined by our good friend Graham Mackay hello Graham how are you sir? Can I just have a double of one drink and like a single of another? That, that that's still a treble. Happy with that. Good, good work. Um, yeah, uh, Celtic winning three 0 at Tynecastle. Um, it's the draw that we kind of didn't want to get. Um, because Tynecastle away is always seen as the kind of harder place to go. But if you kind of look at you know how we've performed there since Angus' first game, and even in that first game where we lost, we still actually probably should have won. Um. Tynecastle, Graham, your thoughts, you know, just general thoughts in this game overall and how we performed. I think it's it's always one of those grounds, especially if you're getting a night game there, that you have a bit of fear of. Uh, I don't know what it is. The third late's a close pitch to rabid fans. I think at one point, I might have been mistaken, was singing We Are The People. I don't know if either of you heard that uh, towards the end of the game. Yes, I did. Yes. yes. And they were doing that weird... Uh, Icelandic clapping thing when they were three 0 down. It was it was all very weird. But yeah, no, I, I had fear going into this. This is second hardest draw you can get before you get to the semi final uh, in in a cup competition in Scotland, and it was much much easier than I was expecting it to be. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Lorenzo, your kind of general thoughts overall? Yeah, like you said, you see it in the, the fixture list, Tynecastle away. Um, but Angie's just ripping up the rule book. These things don't matter anymore, you know. And it's it's almost. You know, ironic that his first game was that that loss at Tynecastle because it's just it does not hold that power over him. It doesn't hold it over this team. The the old kind of ideas of where's hard to go, what's a difficult game for Celtic, different hangovers from different competitions. It's all out the window when it comes to this Ange team, and it's that very simple. We don't stop thing. As easy as it is to say every week, as easy as the PR is, it's so evident the way we play. And I was saying to you before we started, it's just. It's like a relaxing experience to watch this Celtic team because it's so it's so fun, it's so engaging, you've got a lot of confidence in them. So to have a Saturday lunchtime game at Tynecastle and be sitting my feet up, cup of tea, just enjoying what I'm watching, it's just so different to what we would usually kind of in past seasons go, cup tie, Tynecastle, there's new singing section we're supposed to give a shit about in the pre-match thing, you know. All of that just goes out the window when Angie's team just start playing their football and it's just so fun to watch. I mean, the... Away section, the the Celtic section, absolutely overshadowing the home fr- oh, crowd with their wee dinky. Um, Look at us, we've got a we we're ultras as well. And then obviously we've got the the fantastic kind of display with the the flag and everything. Um, Graham, um, you know it's as as Lorenzo says, the rule book's been ripped up. It's not kind of like how it was before. Um, coming into this game, you know, you mentioned you're all a bit nervous. Obviously, we played them on Wednesday. Was there a an alleviation of that nerves, or was it still kind of as high? I think, I mean, seeing them try to play football against us just makes you feel better right away because seeing that means that you you know there's going to be space. And I think one of the first things that popped out at me was uh, 
the difference in having the two fullbacks back in. Uh, I mean, I've been quite critical of Arthur Johnson since he came in. He's obviously, he's, he's had he's had to take some time to kind of get used to the system and stuff like that. But the difference right away, especially in that first half, seeing them being able to clip balls into the space behind the press and stuff like that, we were just tearing through them in that first half. So knowing that these guys were coming back in just made me feel better. And I think it was less nerves than, than the, the last game. Because having so many changes like that just felt felt odd. Don't you don't go to Tyne Castle or Swine Castle as I used to call it back <laughs> yes, in the day? Yes. Uh, with your with your second string. So that was good to see. One of the things that did disconcert me was that uh, Craig Gordon admitted that he sang the H E A R T S song to his kids when he was putting them to bed. And that uh, just uh, it freaks me out. It grosses me out, I'm gonna say. Know, I wonder if he sang it to his uh, previous wife. Who knows? He's got to get in their good books before they can read headlines. <laughs> That's uh, Jesus. Um, let me talk you through the uh, the the lineup we had. As as uh, Graham said, um, we had uh, Hart and Goals, Alistair Johnson, and uh, Greg Taylor came both came back in with Carter Vickers, Starfield, uh, midfield of McGregor, Hatati, Moy, uh, Jota, and Kyogo with Haksabanovic. The, the name that was on all of our lips over the last kind of uh, four or five days after the performance uh, when he came on off the bench against Hearts at Celtic Park. Um, Lorenzo, what was your kind of thoughts on the team? Happy with it? Any changes you thought were necessary or unnecessary? What's your thoughts? No, I got I got everything I wanted. Like Graham says, I wanted those two fullbacks back in. It makes such a difference. And you're just kind of, almost every game, there's, there's depth, you know, and quite a lot of positions in the Celtic team and, we talk about the selection dilemmas in a good way that Ange might have up top or whatever. But for me, the thing you're always looking for as a Celtic fan right now for a big game is are the fullbacks fit? And it was that way before, you know, AJ was here. You need Greg Taylor fit. We've all really realised that in the last year. So that was exciting. That's good. And like you say, Haksabanovic, it's, is, is he going to get the start? Has that goal pushed him into contention just to, to demand it? And then obviously the Maida knock meant it was kind of a foregone conclusion. But again, Abad is still there. You forget about that. There's just so many options. But Haksabanovic, everyone's been waiting for him to get his start. Uh, and it was nice to see him get it. And in a, in a big game, cup game, it's the kind of stage where you'd hope he would come on and, and thrive a wee bit. Yeah, we can talk about his performance overall. Graham, were you happy with the, the kind of lineup? I, I mean, obviously, the the more over my thing, in, in my opinion. But no, I mean, that's, as I said, that's... Uh, the the strongest team you want to see put out there, and the the more and uh, more thing is just people's personal opinion preference. Uh, the one thing I did want to kind of bring up was uh, the hearts clappy thing during the 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 huddle. Did you either of you see this? I didn't see it. No, what was it? Nah. So basically, when uh, Celtic were doing the huddle, hearts players all went to like the eighteen yard box and clapped the be standing the be uh, singing section. But because the, the the huddle lasted quite an uncomfortable length of time, they were standing basically clapping for this like awkward length of time, and it was it was delightful. I mean, I don't I don't know what that what kind of mind games I think that's playing, but it was just laughable. It was brilliant, embarrassing. Um, on the bench, Bain, Abada, Turnbull, Kobayashi, who we'll talk about as well, O, Iwata, Bernabe, O'Reilly, and Ralston. Um. I guess is Seacrest still injured or is, is Bain the cup goalkeeper? I've, I've not really seen any confirmation of any of this. Uh, does anyone know? Seacrest has been pictured in training. He's definitely been in, like, the last week I've seen him in training. Uh, maybe maybe Andrew's just a, a, a Baniac, who knows? Hey, listen, shout out to uh, all <laughs> the fellow Baniacs. Oh, Jesus, I hate that bit. But, um, 
So yeah, I mean, I, I was pers- I was very happy um, to see Haksabanovich play. I think you know, been kind of wanting him to start. I think a lot of us have. Um, how did Celtic start? So the, the game kicks off itself. Um, Lorenzo, how do you think that Celtic kind of started? It was uh, it was pretty damn good. Just relentless. It's just that this is uh, you always want to put a marker down early in a game anyway when you're going to be the team with the ball for the most part uh, and away from home and that environment, blah, 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 all the fans singing. And you, you quiet them down and the best way to do that is to put your foot in the gas. And I just thought from kickoff to the goal, I think the commentator even said it um, on Viaplay that it felt like the goal was coming. The goal was scored in under two minutes, but you would say the goal was coming. Yeah. And it, it just says a lot about the way we started and and it was so relentless. And I think there was a lot of things, whenever it's Tynecastle or it's Pataudry or it's one of these historically bigger teams who aren't us, it's uh, a difficult place to go to. It's about getting the crowd on side, blah, blah, blah. And to just put that to bed. And the, like I said, I'm just putting things up there, just throwing the rubric at the window. He just puts it to bed. It's just not an issue anymore. You know, it's in those first two minutes, it's, well, Celtic are here. So what you should expect is no intimidation from the away fans. The only thing you can expect, the only thing you know is happening when Celtic play is Celtic are going to control the game. Celtic are going to steamroll you. Celtic are going to take over. And you can try your best to stop them. But only two minutes, it just put that marker down. What it's not going to be today? Absolutely not going to be today. Graham, you must have been happy with how we came out the blocks. I mean, my first two notes are basically the Hatati strike and then the Callum McGregor strike. The Hatati thing was a was a work of beauty, and it was I just wish it going in at the top corner. Um, that down that left hand side with the uh, Haksibanovic, it just looked so lively, and as as uh, Lorenzo was saying, it looked like a goal was coming. The, the Hearts. I think they thought because we were away from home, we wouldn't have that same intensity coming out, coming out the blocks, but it just looked blown away in the, the first couple of minutes. And, uh, I mean, down either side, we were just taking them apart. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there was a lot of talk during the week about, you know, Hearts kind of holding off for this game. And this was kind of like their their big game. They were really going to give us a kind of, this is going to be the toughest game of that we've played recently and, and all that sort of stuff. And absolutely, straight off the bat, Celtic just dismantled them. Um, the shot that um, Graham's talking about, the, the Hatati shot, um, Haksibanovic. Now, there'll be a lot of kind of looking at his overall performance in this game and I'm, I'm not necessarily... Uh, he didn't necessarily shine as brightly as we wanted to, but there were some key points where his footwork and his ability to hold the ball up um, and to let people run off him uh, worked pretty well and this is this is a perfect example after 30 seconds when he's got the the, the ball in the wing and he kind of just does that kind of pass with Taylor and then it comes out back to him and he hits it to he passes it to Hatati and Hatati just has a fantastic show it's a good save good save Lorenzo but it really set the tone after 30 seconds yeah it's a, it's a good save and I think with Hak Savanovic he has that ingenuity that little touch and I think even when he is having a quiet game or he's out of the game a wee bit you do always think when the ball's at his feet, he could pop up with something. And even though it's so early in the game, it, it is that kind of way where it's just like he'll create something out of nothing. Um, and as you say, the, the way they were playing down the left, it was kind of just like textbook. It's everything you would give compliments to Hatati for, to Taylor for, to Haxabanovich for. They were just playing at their at their best in that opening 90 seconds. And that move, if it had gone in, we'd be looking back at it like, well, that is exactly what we expect to those three. That's what we expect to a Celtic team. And Hatati just... You know, sometimes he'll he'll put a shot that's a wee bit wild, but because he has this ability to just when people talk about a shot pulling the trigger, Hatati is the kind of best example of that. He really leathers every ball he hits, and when he catches them clean, they look so ridiculous, they look so pinpoint. 
Um, and that was kind of one where he doesn't um, he doesn't take too long to think about his shots, which is why it's not you know miles away from the keeper and it is savable. But it's that catching the keeper out, Hattati's best at. And like Graham says, if the goal had gone in, I think that would have been one of the, the best goals we've scored in a while, just in those little moments and that kind of quick thinking and that intensity and not letting hearts settle at all. And everything from passes down the left to the shot is about not letting them settle and just keep the foot in the neck. Yeah, and, and I think that's the kind of key point that, like, Graham, we, we just didn't let them settle at all. And I think there's a level of almost naivety to, to the fact that hearts just... I don't know if they, I I, I want to give Celtic all the credit. Of course I do. And I think we deserve all the credit. But also, Hearts looked a bit shell-shocked. Hmm. I think with the amount of kind of weapons that we had up front, especially when you've got Haxabanovic and Jota starting at the same time, they're both tricksy players. Whereas when you're playing somebody like Maeda, you know what you're going, you know what you're going to get with Maeda. It's a certain type of a player who is, it's essentially like a defensive winger. He's got great attributes and he'll be always in arriving in the box to finish moves off. Same with Abada, he'll arrive in the box and be in great positions to finish moves off. But when you've got two players out, out wide that can create something from nothing, then I think it must just like turn the tension up in the defence because you don't know, first of all, you you know that you've got a, a right-sided player on the left and a right-sided player on the right who can both go either way as well. So you just you just don't know which way you're going to get turned. And I think in that those uh, first minutes, the noise created by the crowd was actually making them more nervous and it was actually giving them, like, pushing them on to do something. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the first goal comes one minute, 49 seconds. Um, Alistair Johnson um, receives the ball and he hits a lovely pass to Jota and Jota is in acres of space. And you know that way when someone's in that much space, no matter the quality of the player, you always think, oh, maybe it's just a little bit too much space to run into. But he runs into it well. Um, he cuts this ball back to, to Moy and Moy's finish, first time running onto it. Lorenzo, delicious 1-0. Yeah, you see Moy kind of trailing the whole time and you're, as people that watch it on the TV, like when I give him a FIFA, you're like, well, he's, he needs to pick out Moy, but it's never that easy. Uh, and Jota really fires at him, you know, there's a lot of intent in the past, but it's not an easy one to control, and it's just Moy's technique, he just makes it look so easy, and it's not like he even controls it to pass it past the keeper, or he gets his foot in the end of it and it goes by the keeper, he leathers it past the keeper, and the ball comes at him at serious speed, and he just, like he does when he's controlling, when he's taking a touch by a defender, or he's taking a first-time pass, he uses the pace on the ball, and just puts his head over it, and he doesn't, Moy does not rush anything, no. Moy doesn't take, you know, bad touches and everything's so intentional with Aaron Moy. And it's just so, again, I even think the finish, the way it smashes the back of the net, it's that ruthlessness and perfection in the attack that just says, well, you've not caught Celtic on an off day, which is what you need to have any chance. I think like you said, with the two wingers being being that way, there was a lot of one-on-ones, which, you know, you should never be giving Celtic wingers. <laughs> no. And they made both fullbacks look geriatric. I mean, Michael Smith on the right, I had to look up his age because I assumed he was in his 40s at this point yeah. with the way he was playing, the way he gets turned. Um, and even Jota embarrassing the fullback, you know, to have that space. I, when you say like Hart's naivety, I don't know if it's just Nielsen is convinced that if he keeps banging his head against the wall of go out and tackle them hard, you know, go out and put pressure in their face. But certainly just break the press. Um, and I don't know if it's a mix of Nielsen being a moron and obviously Ange playing them a game of chess but everything about that first goal was just this is not your day and it, it settled everything in it made it so easy sit down wee man this isn't your day uh what did you make of the goal yourself Graham? 
are stunning. Like the, I think one of the most impressive things about it was obviously uh, Moy kind of holding back a bit so he can get that space for himself. But then just the way that Jota plays it into him, and Moy doesn't need to break stride. It's just that it, it gets played incisively straight, as, as Lorenzo says, with so much power, straight into Moy's stride, and he can just uh, tuck it home. I mean, the goalkeeper had no chance. And the whole, like, one of the things I'm getting sick of with, with teams like Hearts and Hibs as, as well, is how they talk these games in between facing us, and it's the same with Rangers as well, because you had Hibs talking about it uh, last week, and they're, they're talking about closing the gap and doing this and doing that, but they're just fucking nowhere, man. It's the, the worst, the, the, outside us and them, it's the worst the league has been for a long time, and they just can't touch us, they just can't get anywhere near us. And uh, as Lorenzo was saying about the fullbacks, it's, it's going to be coming up in the second half, but when Jota comes back and mugs that guy, and then he nearly puts him in a stand. It's just if Jota had to finish, he, he drags a shot wide. Right. But if he had to finish, it would have been stunning. But it's it's getting to the stage with a lot of Celtic players that it reminds me of Virgil Van Dijk playing at Celtic, where he just looked as if he was playing with children, and it just didn't look as if we were playing the same sport anymore. Uh, and also, just what you mentioned, Barry Mackay. He's a myth as a footballer. We keep getting told. Craig Gordon mentioned at halftime, he's the one that creates things, he creates chances. Andy Halliday was in BBC Sports Center during the week saying he's got more assists this season than Barry McKay's got. He is the definition of all fart, no jobby. <laughs> Jesus. Um, hello, have you been working on that for a while? Or <laughs> you've, you've really, you've, Ten years yeah. since you joined Rangers. <laughs> um, yeah, I, com- I completely agree. Barry McKay's just a guy who does nothing just he has a haircut he's good yeah and andy halliday is oh fucking that ratty face but on, on regards to like the kind of hearts point me and claire were, were talking during the game and we were talking about gino gino Ginelli, ice cream o piazza italia um and he we were saying about um it's a ice cream advert from when, when we were we get remember that game Gino you um yeah uh claire was like uh looking at his kind of uh went on his Wikipedia to see, because she was like, oh, I wonder what age he is. And I said, I reckon he's about 25. And he is 25. And he's literally had about 15 clubs. And then you start going through all these Hearts players, and you're like, seven, eight clubs, nine clubs, and they're all like 23, 24. And all the clubs they've had are like Hartlepool, and like, you know, Hull City, and, you know, Bradford. And you're just like, no, no one, like, no wonder we come and we smack them about do you know what i mean like it's just we, we yeah anyway and they're, they're, they're building these teams on budgets that are bigger than bodo glimpse well that's I mean? yeah that's the, the, the budgets that they're building them on are far bigger than yeah it's like let's cut all costs because if we get a decent enough team that's a bit consistent we'll definitely finish third anyway mm-hmm. and it's like how are you supposed to improve and impress uh anyway we, we're, we're one nil up lorenzo how do you feel we kind of settled into the game from there yeah i think for the the majority of the first half, it became quite, not pedestrian, but it became very, there was no threat. You know, there was no fear. Celtic were playing well uh, without, you know, flat, without going 3-4-0 up, um, without creating too many clear-cut chances, but no threat. Able to play our football. I think Clancy let a lot of yeah. yellow card fills go on both sides. Uh, and I think that was that made the game a little bit strange. I think if he'd pulled the yellow cards out, um, I wonder if we'd have maybe gone a wee bit more of a tear. But uh, for both teams, got away with a few yellow cards, which you would think would favour Hearts, but again, they just don't have the capacity to play football. Once they're a goal behind, the game has totally changed. You know, if, if they were still 0-0 and they were getting away with 
going through the back of people and stuff like that, then it might have suited their game. But once they're 1-0 down, they've got to do something offensively, and they don't. Uh, like Michael Stewart said, it was food and drink to Celtic. The only person I've ever heard say food and drink instead of meat and drink is Alan Edgar on this podcast <laughs> at one point. Um, <laughs> see, uh, what I've got, one of my notes is in the 15th minute, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> And it's just total control, Celtic pressing, harassing, very aggressive, suffocating them. Um, and that's kind of what it felt like. It felt like we just weren't letting them get out, like weren't letting them breathe. Um, but we weren't necessarily, we'd created a couple of chances, Graham, but there was no real, I don't want to say there was no cutting edge, because there was definitely cutting edge to how we were playing. But just in that final third, and a lot of that will have to do with how kind of low their block that Hearts had at that point. I I mean, a lot of it was... Uh... I think if we look back and you watch in the cold light day, day, I think it's a lot of times it was just a, maybe the, the wrong choice at the wrong time, or maybe it just hit the heel of a Hearts player or something. It was just it wasn't getting to where it needed to be at the, the, the right time. So I felt as if we were still dominating them, we were still cutting them open quite well. It's just it wasn't exactly falling for us. And the first chance I think I've got for Hearts is about the seventeenth minute. Yeah. So I think it was seventeen minutes of us just dominating them completely. Uh, but just on the, the Michael Stewart point as well, uh, I've noted down later in the game how he gets absolutely clamped by his co-commentator. Did you hear when he was talking about VAR and why don't they just have the subs at the same time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> co-commentator says, because maybe he'll want to change your mind if it's a goal or not. And there's just silence, so like five seconds of silence. And that was brilliant, Michael Stewart. Your dick. I know. Uh, yeah, the fetishization of Michael Stewart <laughs> needs to stop. Um, what, what I think is quite interesting is, this is going to sound like, well, let, let me talk you through it. Uh, at points between, you know, Graham makes the point about Hearts' first opportunity coming in the 17th minute, and that that's I've got that note as well. But for those 17 minutes, it was so easy for Celtic. It was almost too easy in that, like, we kept picking space up. And the, Hatati, I, I thought, played well today, but I thought he had a couple of kind of kind of skewed passes at the, just at the wrong time. Um, there was a couple, there was some sloppy passing from Celtic's point of view, but it was also almost like uh, more chances will come, so kind of don't worry about it, Lorenzo. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was almost like we felt it was just a bit too, too easy. Well, I think this Celtic team thrives on its consistency and its intensity. And I think when teams don't give you that back, yeah, it's really tough to almost recreate it. I think you're 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 asking it all to come from your side, which means you've got to be a hundred percent the whole time. And usually we are, you know, that's why we're so we're steamrolling the teams so much. That's why we batter teams. It's why we've been so consistent in the league. Um but it's tough to do that all the time. I don't think hearts were usually like a a plan from like a hearts would be to nullify Celtic by breaking the game up, by making it frustrating, by fouling them. But they were just offering so little anywhere that like you say it became uh, a little bit pedestrian in terms of the need for a second goal didn't feel that important. And usually in these big games, particularly a cup game, you need the two goal cushion before you can see you're comfortable. That's the cliche. But at 1-0, it just, the game felt done. Yeah. It felt like Hearts were not ready to come out and offer anything until they had a few chances at the, at the end of the first half. And that was mainly off the back of set pieces, balls lumped in the box. And, you know, this Celtic team, we've got two centre-halves that are usually great at, at sweeping these kind of things up. But with the kind of football we play, the makeup of the team, the vulnerability against teams like this will always be that when a ball's lumped in the box, my free kick, it will bounce around. It could go anywhere. That's where you could concede your goals. Uh, but that seemed to be the only like glimmer Hearts had. And I think you're right in the sense that the the urgent need, the intensity to, to finish chances maybe was lacking a wee bit in the first half. There was a great 
opportunity where Hatati kind of finds space fantastically well and he's driving forward and Kyogo's just making this run and the ball's a bit too heavy from Hatati and Kyogo kind of turns and then as they're coming off at half time you can see Hatati explaining yeah. why he hit the ball at that and Kyogo's like yeah but just love that I love that sort of if that happens again let's talk through it and this is why it didn't work and just really really great but uh, Hearts came into it a little bit more Graham and uh, I mean we've all been kind of Brutal about Joe Hart this season, no question about it. Um, what a save, though. What a great save. Aye, down his left as well, his yeah. uh, weak point. Um, the, the the thing I would say about this this effort was I, I think Hitati could have done better. He lets a guy like climb all over the top of him to win the header in the first place, and I think he just needs to be aware that there's somebody there when the ball's coming in. But a uh, great save, and almost... Almost as good the way he reacts to the save by just like touching the ball off the park as well because he's got these lumps sliding in on and on him and he's about to take the the impact from it. So I know it was brilliant, especially because by that time this was about the twenty second minute. He barely moved, like he barely had anything to do. So to 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 be that ready to go was was fantastic. I thought. Yeah, it was a free kick uh, kind of floated in a header across as as Graham says, and then there's a turn and a shot, and he gets low down. Lorenzo really low down and he stops it. Um, doesn't do the the Baniac uh, throwing it back into the middle of the pitch um, or in, into the middle of the box, but he keeps it down. And as Graham says, the the follow up save was really really good, and he was raging with the player coming in at him. Yeah, the the second touch is is so maybe it's his experience, you know, it was so intelligent. It's it's kind of um, it's just a smart decision, you know. I think he could try and jump over the ball. He could do the overly brave thing. He's obviously being brave to go for that second touch anyway, but he's not there to try and cover up. He's not doing anything, you know, for the cameras. He's putting it behind because a corner's better than any chance this guy beats him with the ball. Uh, with the follow-up, like, I know uh, Hart was raising about it. I couldn't believe it wasn't a foul. I think it's one of those, I don't think you'd ever lower the striker for going in for that. Uh, Hart didn't get hurt by it. Everything was okay. But the fact that it's not a foul yeah. is insane because what happens then is they benefit and get a corner because Joe Hart beat the man to the ball and was fouled so Hart's benefit from the foul if there was nobody pressing Joe Hart he would have just picked the ball up so I was baffled by that um, I thought it was being too harsh I feel like Starfelt and CCV might be a bit disappointed by letting a ball bounce you know right in front of their six yard box without one of them, Starfelt almost froze a wee bit uh, but I don't think, I think that's mainly just because of the, the nature of the way the ball fell but we don't have to talk about that because it wasn't a goal but Brilliant from Joe Hart, and as you saved for for not having anything to do to be that alert for a guy who we've all been critical of uh, was was really impressive. Yeah, um, I've got note in the thirtieth minute where it's uh, Celtic very comfortable with the odd Hearts break. Um, we kind of dropped off a little bit, Graham. Not dropped off, maybe seems harsh, but we were just comfortable with possession and not necessarily creating a lot of kind of guilt edge chances. What's your thoughts? Aye, as the, the chance that you mentioned with Hitachi uh, Trek play it for Kyogo, it felt as if there was moments like that where it's just a wee misunderstanding. But the one chance that I've got written down for 33 minutes I wanted to talk about because that that was a kind of um, understanding between Kyogo and Hitachi that just seems to be getting stronger and stronger every week. It was like a wee kind of shimmy between the two of them. Hitachi plays it and Kyogo just turns it around the corner. Hitachi goes through and goal on the left-hand side. And the ball, he kind of tries to finish by bouncing it into the ground, but the goalkeeper gets his body in front of it. And that was just brilliant. Seeing 
Seeing Hitati that that further forward to just, just have these wee interplays with Kyogo was just brilliant, man. And that, that that's something I think we'll really benefit from next season as well. The, the, the longer they play together, the better. Absolutely. Um, 33, third minute, as Graham says, what did you make of that chance, Lorenzo? Yeah, like you said, it's just that interplay, that like awareness of each other. And you, say you saw it at half time. There's just a, a determination every week to get better. You know, things could be done better and... The criticisms I had of the performance in the midweek was that things weren't clicking and everything was a bit disjointed. And every week they try and remedy that, you know, they try and lessen that as little as possible or as much as possible. And I think as when Ange came, there was there was always chat about how Ange's teams peak at the end of a season, they get better at the end of a season. And I think you see that because they work on everything every week. You know, there's an, an intensity in training and an on the pitch to be better every week. Uh, and like you say, they're directing these passes. We could have done that better. And Kyogo's movement, especially, is a good example of how he knows what he's going to do next. And we'll talk about it in the goal, but he, he, you know, they all have an awareness of what the next move is. So when it doesn't go right, they fix it. And I think you can see that in the the chances we create are, you know, a hair off or they're well saved and stuff like that. There's not a lot of play that breaks down because of miscommunication in this team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in regards to there's another incident that comes up, but um, you know, just on Alistair Johnson, he's someone who I've not been particularly um excited about. I know that's maybe not fair. Um, but over the last couple of weeks, especially today, I thought he played really, really well, and I thought he is you know getting used to the inverted fullback role well. His passing seems to be good. Um, was it a penalty? So there's a ball played uh, up to Elsa Johnson and he, he kind of takes it in and Andy Halliday slides in on him. Mm. Michael John, Michael, Michael Johnson, Michael Stewart says, well, that doesn't inf- in- infringe on him crossing the ball. So it's not a penalty. Now, whether it's a penalty or whether it's not a penalty isn't really the point. It should be checked by VAR and, and, and it wasn't. What, what did you make of it, Enzo? We didn't even get a replay on the telly, did we? No, I don't think so. Like so, I don't know why it just goes pushed to the back. But I mean, we've had a penalty given against us in recent times for almost an identical thing. With the the crosses come in and the the fills come after it. I think it was on Johnny Hayes or something like that. Um, but you know, I'm not necessarily saying that all of these should be penalties going forward. But the fact is, they consistently are. You know, if somebody's fouled, they're fouled. If Michael Stewart's only argument against not being a penalty is it didn't affect the cross, that is insane. Yes. It's th- again, one of the thickest things he said, and he's did three or four of them today. Um, so it's it's quite clear. And again, VAR, I don't mind Clancy not seeing it. You know, he's it's it's away from the ball. He's now seeing what's going on when the, when the cross comes in. But that, again, that's the point of VAR. It can contextualise all these challenges. We can slow it down and look at it and see how much it affected Alistair Johnson. It's like, you know, there's offside calls where we make the call based on did the player who didn't even touch the ball, did he affect the play? There's no argument there to say that Andy Halley didn't affect the play. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So for me, it was apparently, I'd like to have seen it, you know, run through in VAR and we can talk about it with, with better replays, but it seemed pretty pretty straightforward. Uh, Graham, yourself? I, I love the idea that you can get a cross in, but as soon as you get the cross in, someone can come over and knock you out. <laughs> and it's, it's not a penalty. It's just, uh, makes sense. Make us sure. Uh, for for Alistair Johnson, I think he is becoming... He's becoming like the Mickey Olustic of this of this team. He, he just seems like a really likable guy um, and a hard player as well. One of the kind of players we've not had many of in recent years. Like there was one point, I've got it written down as the 43rd minute, where Andy Halliday goes in on him and it's such a wee guy tackle. He just swipe, he, uh, he takes he takes him out 
And what I loved about it was Alistair Johnson was up right away, didn't even look at Andy Halliday, didn't even try and fight him or anything like that, but she was up right away, took the film, and that was that. Yeah. And I just, it, there's a lot of kind of um, aspects of Alistair Johnson's game that I like, and I just hope we can, he can keep improving in other ways, because I don't see why he, he can't, because he's got all the raw materials there, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. What do you mean? Do you think it was a penalty? I can't even remember it very well. I, I just remember the, the tackle going in, but I can't remember. I think it's probably because, as uh, Lorenzo says, like it wasn't replayed. So I, I didn't notice it that much. So no, I, I can remember the tackle going in, but I just, I can't remember having any, any emotion either way about it. I just put, I, I just on my note, I went penalty question mark. Not even checked. It's just not even checked. Let's not, let's not check it. But, Funny thing was that uh, in the group chat, about 60 or 70 minutes into the game, Barry Gallagher asked, is there VAR on this game? And no one could re- no one could respond to him. No one in the group chat knew. We were like, I don't know. I don't know if there's VAR. <laughs> I guess that's a good thing, but it's weird as well. Exactly, especially when it kind of, yeah. I thought it was a penalty, but, you know, we again, as, as Lorenzo says, it wasn't completely focused on. Um, they kind of, we finished this half pretty damn strongly. We start creating chances. And uh, Lorenzo... Kyogo with a sublime finish to make it two goals to nil. Great ball in by Alistair Johnson. Um, what's your thoughts on the goal? Uh, it's just, again, that awareness of where he needs to be. Uh, when you watch it back in the replay, you know, Moy delays his pass to Johnson until Johnson's banging line with that last defender. Johnson delays his cross until Kyogo is where he needs to be. Kyogo is already moving before Johnson receives the ball. You know, Kyogo's got an awareness of where he wants this ball to be. Johnson knows where he's going to put it. There's that communication. There's that awareness of how each other play. There's that awareness of what we want to do. You know, they know it's got to be fired in low front post. And before Johnson's hit the ball, Kyogo has thought about how he's finishing this. He knows where he is in relation to the goals. He knows where the defender is. He knows he's already got a step on him. But he's not going to turn on his right foot. He's not going to turn his body in. He's got three defenders around him. He's not going to take a touch. He has that awareness and he's thinking about all these things before the cross even comes in, which makes the, the finish as sublime as it is, second nature to him because he's yeah. a great footballer. Great footballers can do that. Any footballer can do that. It's the awareness and the intelligence to plan for it, to not have to do it instinctively or not have to react. I just think when you the more you watch that replay, the more you know Kyogo has thought about that finish before Moy thought about passing to Johnston. Uh, and I thought Johnston's cross was brilliant. Uh, again, just... His whole game is improving week on week. I've always, I've liked him since he's come in. To be honest, I think he performs really well every week. Um, he just, like you say, is in learning that inverted role. But there was a few times today he'd step in and he'd play a really direct, really intentional pass that would cut through the midfield. And it's just that growing confidence in that very specific role. Uh, but for that goal, he stepped back into kind of a, a traditional right back overlapping, really aware again of, of the, the offside line. He knows how close it's going to be. He knows there's VAR, him and Kyogo, just perfect. And the finish was very much typical of Kyogo. And he is just untouchable right now. The quickness of thought, Graham, as, as Lorenzo says, from Kyogo, outrageous. Aye, and I think one of the things that Craig Gordon was raging about at halftime was the fact there was eight Hearts players in there and three Celtic players, and they just got no one near him. Like, there was no one even following him. The most dangerous player in the park, and no one's even following him. I think that goes to say how good his uh, movement was. Because if you watch the goal, he's actually starting to come out of the box at one point before yeah. the move properly starts, and then he just turns and goes, he darts back to the front post. It's brilliant. And I'm going to say, I'm going to use a word to describe the finishing. Uh, Gal, I think you could say, 
Guess what word I'm going to use? It starts with L. Love esque. Laugh. Yeah. Well, you okay. say lovely though. I thought you were going to say lovely. <laughs> <laughs> But Larson-esque, yeah, of course. I mean, it's it's that quickness of thought. It's that ability with the movement. It's uh, the technique to be able to finish it. Um, it just What wanted to happen there was for you to guess Larson-esque and then for me to say Lee Sharp-esque. And that was the end. <laughs> I, I mean, it was. Zag when you zagged, but... Can, can, can I be honest? It was very... I, 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 the first thing I did think was Lee Sharp. Uh, <laughs> at United, to be fair. Um, but, you know, it's... It, the goal it kind of summed up our half now our ha- that half of football 17 minutes of just complete domination um hearts coming into it for a couple of minutes um and then celtic just in control and just kind of being in control getting that second goal half time graham how are you thinking does it feel like we're just comfortable I mean, it was kind of surprising that because I've got it written down here as a Japanese conference. The thing that you mentioned earlier with Kyogo and Data, they they went on for such a long time. It was like you felt like saying, "I'm I'm loving this, but we're winning to know. Let's just go up and get your half an orange or whatever you have." <laughs> and just there's you know a slight smell as Jota was walking past yeah, them yeah. as they were having this really heated discussion. I was like, "I can help, can it, man?" But I you love to see that because they're just perfectionists and they're they're, they're wanting to perfect their, their art basically so no I was uh, at this point it just felt as if Hearts had no way back I mean it was a perfect time to score perfect time to score just after half time just before half time and they were done at this point so I uh, no, delighted to see it L- Lorenzo yourself yeah I just I thought we were comfortable as the word you know and again I had, my, I had my feet up I had a wee wry smile on my face at half time I thought everything was going so well um, I don't know if I expected like a goal glut in the second half. It was all about what Hearts were going to do, you know. But I, I didn't get any feeling that Hearts were going to come out with a with a game plan, or Hearts are going to come out and start to stretch the game. It felt like they were going to just do the same, and it'd be a damage control with a a little hint of commitment to set pieces, you know. So I didn't feel anything other than comfortable, excited to see who would come on the second half, excited to see the kind of football we play. Um, I don't. I never have any fear a second half is going to peter out on the range. I think there's too many players with, with something to prove. There's too many players fighting for positions, uh, which means that there's there's never like a dull second half really with Ange. It's all about what the opposition kind of give us. Uh, and I think as as they got a tiny bit of joy at the start of the second half, they started to open up a little, which just meant we could play almost an identical half. Um, in regards to the second half, uh, substitution-wise, uh, Kobayashi came on for Starfelt. We're led to believe that uh, Starfelt had a small injury. Um, how do you think we started the second half, Graham? Uh, obviously, Kobayashi as well. What's your thoughts on both? My first um, highlight is, bas- is basically saying a hot knife through butter. And I think it is one of those passes that, that Lorenzo was talking about from AJ. It's just this... this Incisive pass straight for to Kyogo. Great control from Kyogo. Plays it off to Jota. Um, and Jota takes a shot, but it's just to, it just goes by, I think. And uh, it was that kind of hot knife through butter for, throughout the first part of that second half. Michael Stewart kept talking about how Hearts were, Hearts were having a better second half. Hearts were back in the game. But to, to me, it was like an episode of Scooby Doo where like Scrappy Doo is getting held back by his head. Like it was, <laughs> They were nowhere near near getting anything from the game. The, the, they were playing better in that they weren't getting torn apart, you could say. But I mean, apart from that, no. It was, and as for Kobayashi, there was one point, I think about the 56th minute, where they punt a ball and he controls it. He brings it dead out there and passes it to someone in front of him. And it was like, 
Mercedes at the back. It was beautiful. No Mercedes Jens, just that was, another Mercedes. Yeah, that's uh, come on, let's <laughs> leave that part in there. Okay, that's that's dripping <laughs> off. Rolls Royce at the back. Rolls Royce. Uh, but I thought, apparently someone was saying that uh, on the radio, they were saying he looked a bit rusty, but I thought he just fucking walked through that game with slippers on. I thought he looked beautiful, beautiful passing, beautiful control, not bothered whatsoever. There was one incident I would highlight about Kobayashi where he misreads the flight of the ball, and that was it. That was it. it was, uh, he misread the flight of the ball, and Carter Vickers was behind him, and he shouted him, and basically was like, I've got it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So I mean I don't know what they're talking about. What do you make of Kobayashi, um, Lorenzo? Yeah, I think the time he's he's played, he's been very comfortable. He seems very composed. Um, I don't think he's he's had to be. We've not seen enough of him in like a you know last ditch tackling scenario or too many balls in the box. He's had to deal with. Uh, but he seems very comfortable on the ball. He's a reliable guy in that back four. As you say, I think he misread the flight of the ball once, but again he he remedied it. You know, he, there's an intent there to fix that and be better and. I think whenever they tried these long balls, they were getting zero joy. Um, as teams like to do, they target whoever isn't Carter Vickers, you know, when they play these long balls because you get no joy against him. Uh, and he gave them nothing. And I think if you're going to come on at half time as a centre back, all you're really asking for in a dominant team is don't look like a, an opportunity, don't look like a weak link. Yeah. Nothing's dropped here, particularly when you're taking off somebody like Starfelt. Him and CCV, their, you know, clean sheet record is so good. The intent for Kobayashi had to be to come on and not be a target. I think they tried that a couple of times and he just he brushed it off and, and again just slotted in nicely to that kind of comfortable second half. There was a couple of, they played a ball down the channel to try and, I think they thought, okay, we can't get him over the top, we'll kind of nudge him out, we'll, we'll over-strengthen him. It was just easy. Like mm-hmm. he, he completely read the game, completely read the ball, strong, physical, no problem. Um, there was a, a point where he received the ball and he just started coming out and he started driving out. And we drop of the shoulder, the cut inside, passes out wide. And I thought, oh, why? Oh, why? Oh, why? Why? Oh, why? Oh, why? Happy with that. Um, but yeah, I thought Kobayashi looked um, composed. I, looked, I think he looked good. He had a, he had a good half. Um, absolutely no problem at all. Looks like a, a really good option for us. Haxabanich comes off. 58th minute. Um, a little, maybe a little bit disappointed that he wasn't more involved, Lorenzo? Yeah, definitely. I think he'll be disappointed. He would have seen this as quite a big chance. And again, it's a completely different story if that Hattati shot goes in at the beginning. Yeah. You know, I think I think we're talking about Haxabamich's contribution totally differently. I still think he was he was decent. He looked uh, he had a few heavy touches. You can put that down to maybe, you know, he's not started in a long time. But he has been playing, you know, he's been in and around the team, he's been fit. Uh, but there's such a there's such a good grasp of each other's playing, good communication between this team that's been quite consistent for a while now in terms of the lineup. So when somebody new has dropped in from the start, there is going to be a little bit more that they've got to kind of pick up or that's going to be slower in terms of just that telekinetic. Telekinetic's the wrong word. That's moving stuff with your mind, doesn't it? Yeah. Telepathic. Telepathic, <laughs> yeah. Carry on, the, carry on the wing. Yes, carry <laughs> Tele- on Telepathic the wing. connection with each other. Um, so I don't think anybody should be, you know, I don't think Hags Barrett is going to get written off for having a kind of quiet game and a comfortable 3 0 win. Um, but I, I think he'll be disappointed he didn't even grab a goal, you know, grab the headlines while he's got that chance. Uh, obviously, when, when Hags Barrett went off, well, what, what was your take on him, Graham? I think, I mean, the, the Vogue term at the moment is game state, and I think this will be the first time that he's come into a Celtic game in this particular game state where it's the game's in front of you. Like, a lot, a lot of his appearances recently have been coming off the bench when the game's done and there's lots of space and you don't need to work as hard and blah, yeah. blah, blah. So, I mean, 
first. He's not he's not started the game in a long time, so there's not I wouldn't have really expected much from him away to, to Hearts, but I like him and I think I want to see him start more games because he's just got class about him. The the class is dripping off him and I think when he when he gets a run, he's going to be phenomenal. I think we've not really mentioned him at all, but I think one of his best games in a long time today, Jota. I thought Jota was fucking brilliant. Just didn't have that that uh, finish, but everything else is just like remarkable today. Uh, he played on the right, he started on the right. When Haxapanovic went off, he went on the left and he was really free to just have a good time like mm, he he torment. really he, he he looked like he was really really up for it and he was really really sharp uh, graham's mentioned him lorenzo your thoughts on jota today yeah i thought, I thought he played well and then he had, a, he had a good enough game that he got his little reward of getting to run at michael smith for you know 25 minutes <laughs> so he went off and he just roasted him constantly um jota and there's a few players in the team again they're fighting for jerseys you know there's they're fighting for game time even somebody with the kind of Jota is ironclad in that team, but you don't want to get taken off ever. You know, you want to show that you're you're the guy that should be playing ninety minutes if you can. Um, so a few of them had a wee, I wouldn't say selfish moments, but there's a lot of them trying to create goals for themselves. Uh, and I think that different day, Jota gets two or three there, and he's he's had an absolutely amazing day. All that was missing was the the goal contribution kind of. But I think with Haxabanovic, it's somebody who like when you say you want to see him start, I'm the exact same, and it's because it's going to be a weird. Summer in terms of the the collection of you know wide forwards we have wingers that we have, people want to be playing. People are in different contract situations, uh, interest from other clubs. There's going to be good money floating about for these players. You have to kind of know that there's confidence that these players are going to stick with you for another season. Or if you're Haxabanovic, am I going to get that game time? Is Jota going anywhere? Probably not. Is Maida going anywhere? Probably not. It's going to be a really weird summer for making these guys feel like they have a part to play without feeling like they can be complacent and think they're going to be a rotational option or I'm a starter or whatever. Um, it's proved so good for us this season, having all these hungry guys there trying to play. But it's the summer you have to keep them happy. And I think you give Haxavanovic a run of starts in the league and see what he can do. See, can you commit to this guy? Can you offer him what he's you know willing to offer you? I think it's going to be dead interesting. Yeah, yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, Abada comes on for Haxabanovic um, in the 58th minute. Um, I've put here in the 60th minute. Hearts find a little bit more space breaking on his butt. Celtic sweeping up at the back. We Kobe Ashi in with, with CCV as well and kind of uh, just turnovers all, all over the place. Um, the 76th minute, Kyogo comes off for O. Moy comes off for O'Reilly. Are you surprised we didn't have the 62nd minute three substitutions game? Aye, maybe it was a case of because you're away from home because it's a cup competition. It's it's two 0 which people call the danger, the most dangerous score, score line. So maybe it was a case of just waiting to see the game a little bit further in before doing anything else. But I just wanted to highlight on the sixty-six minute the um, heart picking the missile up. Oh yeah, the, yeah, uh, from the goal, uh, scum as always. Uh, but what would you expect? This is this is a group of fans that physically assaulted one of our managers and then didn't get jailed for physical assault despite it being live on TV. Uh, they're scumbags and there always will be scumbags. I mean, Hart as well, like is the least offensive of our players, you would say. And I don't know. That, uh, just highlight the scumbaggery of Hart. I, I've come off really anti-Hearts in this, in this podcast and I'm, I'm delighted with that. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're not, you're not going to have anybody, to, you know, <laughs> 
get any, we're not going to get an email and say you're too anti-hearts. Um, <laughs> Imagine. But it's funny, Claire mentioned like we were watching this game when that was highlighted about Hart going into his goal and picking up the missile. She's like, remember when we um, when we played at Ibrox and Joe Hart was like, eh, there's lots of glass in my uh, goal line, guys. I, I don't think I'm going to play. <laughs> and how that was just never really brought up. Yeah. Or when the guy ran onto the when the guy ran onto the pitch uh, and attacked Scott Brown, and how it was never really brought up. It's, it's weird that we're seeing you know so many. There's newspaper headlines, front pages about the that pyro is going to kill everybody <laughs> in the stadium. You know, pyro kills six kids a day at the football and all that kind of thing. <laughs> but like you said, nothing was done about these. The things get thrown on the pitch. Um, it's even happened at Parkhead, you know, and, it, and it's it gets laughed off after a day, but. Um, for it to happen twice to a very high-profile goalkeeper, more than twice, obviously it's happened. But the time where he's had to pick it up, and it's kind of been normalised as like just this daft thing. And it says, "Oh, I think my first instinct when I saw him picking something up was my my brain said, I wonder what it was. Like, was it a big deal? It's always a big deal, whatever it is. Yeah. But I was like, oh, is that you know, is it something that's a big deal enough for him to go take to the keeper, uh, take to the referee? If it's a bottle, if it's a bit of plastic, if it's." A cuddly toy, it's fine for him to take it to the, the referee and say, I've had some, something thrown at me. Can you maybe do something about it? But my first instinct, because it's become so you know, normalised okay almost. To do it. Yeah, I was like, oh, I wonder if that's actually that bad. I wonder if it's a, a bit of glass. I wonder if it's a, a weapon, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we scored the third goal in the 79th minute. Um, Carter Vickers wins a free kick on the edge of the area um, after some kind of decent play. Um, we have that free kick and our good friend Matt O'Reilly whips a great ball in and it's just a gorgeous header. Uh, Graham, what's your thoughts? I like when Owen Riley came on at the same time so I can write O-H apostrophe Riley. So it's like a relation <laughs> Very good, yeah. No, it was lovely. It was a beautiful, uh, beautiful cross right on a plate and I think uh, Michael Stewart pointed out the way that CCV basically bums the guy away from him from, yeah. uh, from in front of him to get the header. That's I wanted a goal. I, I was just thinking before this that I wanted a goal in that end because I always love the players jumping in straight into the crowd. But he ran the other way. He had to run to the right and he ran across the goal. So I was a bit disappointed with that. But no, that was brilliant. And just before that, the, um, I've written down James Hill was an enemy of football for stopping uh, Hatati's Buddy Holly, one of the best volleys I've seen in a while, arrowing into the bottom corner. Yeah. Just let it go. It, you're an enemy <laughs> of football. It's too class to stop it from happening. So, uh, so James Hill, thick. Dick. Um, Lorenzo, your thoughts on the goal and the volley as well? Give us some thoughts. Yeah, I mean, the goal just summed up the game. You know, it was CCV's big brother in the defence. So weak. Just that, you know, you're nowhere near us. This was not a test. This was not the test you thought you could give us. Um, and even the way he nods it in, it's almost just like this was casual for me. This was easy for us. Uh, the volley was unreal. I, I, I'm the exact same. I was so... When, when like a volley doesn't go in or Celtic miss a chance, you're like, oh, like, that'd be nice. That was a goal. I was viscerally angry that that goal did not go in because Hatati again, like we said, when he catches something, he catches it so sweetly, and it's not just like, oh, that's making it to the bottom corner. It's like curving into the bottom corner almost. It's like perfectly placed with a ball drop from that height, that control. Uh, he was great today, and he would have deserved that, and it would have been a a lovely way to end the game, but. To, to jump from that straight to CCV, you know, fighting for a free kick, fighting for that ball, 2 0 up so late in the game, up in the opposition half, and taking it round, you know, two hearts players, it just says a lot about the team. It really does. And it says something about him and his physicality and his, his ability with the ball at his feet as well, because he's, he's actually pretty confident in those areas with the ball at his feet. Um, 
Rio Hatati comes off it, Awata comes on, but that's kind of any other kind of points from any other notes that you've got, Graham, from the, the rest of the game? I've got Byron Mackay, Olfart and Rajobi written down. Uh, and one of, the, times. <laughs> one, one of the things was in the 87th minute, Awata just arrowed a pass from the defence straight through the midfield. It was fucking beautiful. Um, yeah. um, he seems to be gaining confidence as well. Um, um, I, like, I like his wee cameos, so I Love it. Yeah, I'm a big Iwata guy myself. I find um, myself cheering, cheering when he comes on. Uh, Lorenzo, any kind of final thoughts on, on the game overall? Yeah, Iwata. I don't know what it is about him. Every yeah. time I see him on the I just think he's so class. He's got something about him. And I, I'm, you know, I'm trying to figure out when when he makes it into this team as a starter and at the expense of who and are we allowed to play 12 players? Is that okay? Can we do that? <laughs> because he, I just need to see Iwata get a run in this team. But I don't obviously want the, I don't want it to be what Aaron Moy going out or Hatati? I'm not. I do not want that to happen. And McGregor's not going anywhere. But he just looks so class. I've not seen him put a foot wrong. There was even a little slide tackle he did where uh, I think it was Abada or Johnson tracked somebody back and won the ball off them. And uh, the ball was a wee bit loose. And Awata, there's two guys going for it, kind of like two Hearts guys, kind of animated going for it. And Awata just glides in. You know, puts his foot in the ball, goes to ground a little bit, barely touches it, keeps it under perfect control, stops it dead, then takes it on and plays like a beautiful 30-yard pass. He just looks a cut above, and he's only doing it in these wee cameos. And I'm I'm just curious what time he gets put into the fold of this starting team, what it looks like, how he changes the game, how he's going to change his next season, what it's going to mean for Europe. I'm just really excited about Iwata being part of this team. Graham? I think... Um... One of the, the the only misstep he's made, uh, and I think Alan mentioned it on the reaction to the, the cup final, was when he just belted the ball into the Rangers dugout. And is that a misstep? That's what we have to ask. <laughs> I see that as a positive, to be honest with you. Uh, this has been fantastic. Uh, hearts uh, swatted aside like they're absolutely nothing. Three goals to nil by the mighty Glasgow Celtic. Uh, I'm looking for your play of the match and also uh, any takeaways you have. Graham, we'll start with yourself. Play the match I'm going to give to uh, Hitati. I thought, again, just the, the difference in the midfield from the, the game midweek to this one, we just we just had so much control. And I think a lot of that was down to him. He was, he was as you said, first half, a couple of misplaced passes, but the, the energy, the work off the ball, and just the, the rest of the game, he was just gliding about the park. So um, Hitati for me. And I think my... My takeaway would be about that that breaking the press and how Stephen Russell was saying how this this game was basically like a step up when it comes to being pressed, but it was still a pretty bad press from Hearts. Hearts. Uh, we're going to have to get used to that, and we're going to have to. Lorenzo was talking about how that thing about we we build into seasons and we, we start to peak towards the end. It's not ideal for Champions League that unless we make it to the final, but. We need to be focusing on, and we're not getting the practice week to week in the SPFL, but we need to be focusing on dealing with that press. We did it well today. Hearts had a pretty shambolic press. It's the best one we've faced this season in the league, probably, outside Rangers, but we need to get better. Like, lobbing that we ball, the balls in uh, beyond the press, and I think Alistair Johnson in particular today was, was looking as if he's getting better at that. So that's what I'm looking forward to seeing going forward. Great stuff. Uh, Lorenzo, play to the match, and any takeaways? Well, the match, I'm going to go Johnson. Uh, I think there's a few candidates today, uh, but he really impressed me, and I think he was he was big in big moments, and 
he's got the character for these games as well. I just I just really like him, and I think he had a real tough job replacing Juranovic, and he seems to have done it, you know, nice and fast. We'll see him when he's tested more at the beginning of the next season, but I just really like Alistair Johnson. I think today was a little step up for him in terms of his creative play going forward and kind of filling that gap um, of the attacking inverted wing back, you know, and starting plays and finishing moves as well. Uh, and he gets he gets himself really involved in the round the box, which is really exciting, and he's he's very eager to do that. Uh, so he's my player of the match. Takeaways, I don't really I don't really have any. I almost think that is my takeaway that this felt routine. Okay. Um, and we shouldn't get complacent about that. Like we should enjoy that while we've got it. Uh, how kind of routine and fun and relaxed Ange has made going to Tynecastle, you know, and has made these big games and these these cup games. It's just this team looks to be ticking over so well that there's not a, a lot of anxiety for me watching Celtic right now, which, you know, I think Celtic fans in general, this podcast I called The Cynic, do like to carry quite a lot of anxiety around with them, no matter how well we're playing. Um, so we should enjoy it while we've got it. Great stuff. Uh, listen, this has been an absolute joy. I um, hope you enjoy the rest of your weekend. Uh, Celtic smashing hearts 3-0 at uh, Tynecastle. We go on to the semi-final. Look forward to it. Uh, Lorenzo Pacitti, Pacitti pleasure as always. Whoa, sorry. Lorenzo Pacitti. Pleasure as always. That's all right, Chris Golliger. <laughs> Graham Mackay, thank you. <laughs> I'm thrown off I now. I don't know where you go from there. I, if we get Rangers in the semi, we might play them twice in one week, so that's something to look forward to. Jesus, there we go. Um, <laughs> thanks for that, Graham. My dreams will now be haunted. Uh, from Lorenzo Pacitti, from Graham Mackay, I'm Chris Gallagher. This has been The Reaction, and we'll speak to you down the road. 